beginning of the year, I wrote down like, these are the things I want. I wanted to be in this part of San Jose. I want it to be this big. I want to be next to Chipotle and all these, like, I wrote down all of it. And then when I saw the location, I was like, next to Chipotle. <laughs> so I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. And it's like right next to Buffalo Wild Wings, one of my favorite restaurants. Like, so I was like, this is perfect. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of the stuff. <laughs> So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle. And I'm Eddie. And we have a very special guest today. But before I introduce her, I want to let you know that this episode is going to be about delayed gratification. Mm. It's going to be about all of the hopes and dreams and aspirations that you have that you want to chase, but you might not know that it's not going to be an easy road, or you might think about giving up when things get really, really challenging. So I have, we have... Can can we just say this real quick? Can we just... Okay, now keep going. No, go and, ahead. No, after you say that, we'll talk about kind of the definition of delayed gratification. Well, tell the people. Well, de- delayed gratification, one, starts when, with having a desire or a want or a goal or a vision that you want for your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also willing to put in the time and the patience necessary in order to get that. Right. Right. And so you know it, you can feel it, you know what it'll feel like to achieve it. And I'm sure Jessica will probably be able to talk about whether it, it exceeded that expectation of how right. it would feel. But knowing that, hey, I won't be able to achieve this for another year, two years, and can I hold on long right. enough in order to do so? Right. So we touched on this concept of delayed gratification in the previous episode and the last few previous episodes, like that test of like you can have one marshmallow now or you can wait and you can have five marshmallows right. if you wait five minutes, Right. And so that's kind of the the theory behind building a business. Like you want the fame, you want the brick and mortar, you want the revenue, you want the followers, you want the fans, but can you wait and endure everything that gets thrown at you along the way of trying to achieve those? Or will the road get too tough to where you want to turn back? So today we have the honor and great privilege to introduce someone who has become a great friend to us, Jessica Bond, the owner of Fancy Flavors. She started a business nine years ago from her home. She found us a few years ago. We've been coaching and mentoring her for a few years. She's been a part of our tribe and community. And this past weekend, she was able to grand open her brick and mortar business after nine years of hustle and grind. So we're so excited. We're working on on getting an applause button. Right. You need sound effects. Anyways, (laughs) Jessica Bond from Fancy Flavors, welcome to the Push Podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, everyone. I am doing really well. Thank you guys so much for letting me be part of this, being part of your podcast. It's so cool because I get to listen in and now I get to be a guest, which is super exciting. I'm famous now. No, I'm kidding. Right. <laughs> you are. <laughs> and your husband, Mikey, shout out to Mikey. He's uh, one of my favorite students' husbands. Okay. We need a there name for the for the dudes, but... Mikey is such an incredible support system for you. He's 
been along the ride for your journey for a very long time. And so I want to shout out Mikey, even if you don't want to. He was very helpful this week at the grand opening. And I know that you guys are going to be able to withstand uh, all the trials and tribulations that building a business is going to come with. So shout out to Mikey. Yay! <laughs> shout out Mikey. Well, okay, so he's a big push listener. Oh, well, yes. shout out Mikey. Come on, yeah, keep pushing. <laughs> All right, well, real quick. So this month is International Women's Month. I'm real psyched about it. I've been talking about it a lot. Yeah, um, I'm a true feminist at heart. Uh, with my all the three women, daughters. three daughters, and and a wife. So Jessica, like as a representative of the female race, and have done something fantastic. What do you think, just before we get into anything else, what do you want young women to know, like what's possible or what, what, what would you give them as advice um, heading into this? Month? I would definitely say that set your goals and set your intentions and plan it out and, and you'll, you'll make it there, you know? And I feel like women can do anything just as much as men can do. And there shouldn't be any gender boundaries in order to attain any goal that you want. I love, love it. it. Awesome. Amen, sis. And do you have a, a what in the world? I mean, we, we you know, you're a guest. You know, there's a um, what in the world. I know <laughs> you had a grand opening weekend. Was there something that happened crazy? Did my wife do something that you were like, oh my God, what in the world? No. Well, this weekend was just crazy in general. It was a, a super fun experience. And actually last night I had a, a medium do a reading on me and it was really interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to hear about it. <laughs> oh, um, so I wanted this medium to see if my grandma was doing okay. And they said that she is having so much fun right now. And she's super proud of me of everything that's happening. And to just continue to pursue because I am going to hit roadblocks. However, I just have to keep going. And it's just going to she's going to be able to watch over me and make sure that I am very successful. So I love that so much. So for those that don't know, Jessica Bond, like I said, she's been in this for nine years. Her grandmother was her biggest supporter. And unfortunately, a week before she was able to grand open her bakery, her grandmother passed away. So it was a super challenging week. I'm sure you'd attest to that. And we tried to do everything we could. I actually called your husband. I don't know if I told you this, but I wanted to order a life-size stand-up cutout of your grandmother mm-hmm. so that she would be there to help, you know, celebrate with your grand opening. And he said, you know, Janelle, uh, every photo that exists of her, she's sitting down because she was really old. So we're going to have to run with, you know, a sitting down photo. So that's okay. what we got for you. We put it up in the bakery and she was able to be a part of your grand oh, opening. So it was super so awesome. sweet. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love you. And I knew that it would be important for you to know that she was there. But we had a conversation, you know, last week and I was like, honey, I love you. And you're going to have to suck it up, though. Like she did not want you to come all this way for you to be sad and miss out on everything that you've worked so hard for. So you did Mm -hmm. such a great job pushing through and persevering. So I just want to shout you out. Thank you so much. All right. So let's dive in. Tell people like how you got started. Obviously, you just grand opened a bakery, but your story is so relevant for people who are not even in the baking industry. So what sparked or inspired you to even get into this? And tell us just a little bit about your journey and starting to build the business. Yeah. So I started baking years ago, of course, when I was a child or maybe like in middle school. And I started baking with my aunt. So she was the one who was a a big inspiration for me to just even get there in the first place. 
And so all throughout high school, I just really enjoyed that baking process, even though it was like with cake mixes and everything. But I just really loved that I was able to gift people um, like a cake for their birthday. And so that was super fun. And upon high school graduation, there was actually a competition for a culinary school. And everybody was like, you should just do it. And I was like, ah, okay, like, I'll just try it out. And so I, I entered this competition. And it was almost like Iron Chef, where it was like, here are all the ingredients, you have an hour to do this, and then 15 minutes of plating, and you have to do this many plates. And it was pretty cool. So I did not know what I was getting myself into. Um, I went in there, I created this like cake with some compote like strawberry compote and like the sugar cage on top of it and I like had some strawberries cut like and so I sent it out and then I looked at everyone else's pieces and I was like oh my gosh like uh everyone else's stuff was like so much nicer but for the ceremony when they were announcing the winners I actually won first place which meant I got a full scholarship to culinary school so what yeah and so I was like this is a huge sign for me that I should be doing this because I literally got a scholarship and I honestly think that if I didn't receive the scholarship I would not be able to go to culinary school just because a vocational school is very expensive and so I was like I, I don't really want to gamble that but yeah so I went to culinary school that's uh, how I got like a lot of my professional training done and um, I did my internship at a world-renowned golf resort in Pebble Beach and I worked at a small family bakery I started up my business while going to San Jose State and getting my bachelor's degree and then after that I got a job at Google as a pastry lead for three years and then I found you and then I literally like quit like my job like a week later <laughs> and I full time into my business so yeah oh wow my gosh. okay 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 wait wait, wait. Well, how so did first, you win so if first you, of all yeah okay you won however you thought everyone else was better okay you gotta Elaborate. unpack that for me <laughs> How did you win if you felt like everyone else's stuff was better? Was it more about taste than it was presentation? Like, how did you win? Or was it rigged? Or were you just grading yourself um, harshly? It was on the technical end because I made the sugar cage that went over the um, entire dessert. Mm. And the judges felt like that sugar cage was so technical that not everybody was able to make. And that really elevated my dessert. And, like, it gave a crunch um, com with you know, paired with the nice soft cake with the, you know, the flavor of the compote mm. and all the stuff like mixed together. But they really felt like whatever I made was it was just elevated to the next level. And I was just like, I thought it was basic. And I, I can show you guys a photo later on. But I thought it was like, oh, it's just basic. And everyone else's stuff just looked really nice. But I'm thankful that they chose mine. What an amazing story. Isn't that like life, though? Like, when you do things that have with great fundamentals, great technique, and you know precision, it may not look so great. But you get an A for effort. But, <laughs> but but the quality is there. It's very different than kind of the superficial. Looks good on the outside, but doesn't have the foundation. Mm -hmm. It's like that Millennium Tower. Have you heard of that? That tower they built in San Francisco. No. So they built this tower in San Francisco. It's like fifty-eight flat stories, but they built it on sand. So one of the people that were living there, a marble dropped down on the floor and it went like this from one side of the room to the other side of the room. And they said, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. 
So they called and complained. And so in doing the research and investigating, they found out that they didn't hit bedrock when they built this uh, skyscraper. So the whole thing's going to fall So the, and the whole thing was sinking. It sunk like 18 inches over a year. Oh, my gosh. So they had to go back and spend $100 million. Or they still are working on it. They still haven't finished it. But it's in San Francisco right now. And they have to spend $100 million retrofitting, fixing it so that it goes down to bedrock so that it actually has a solid foundation. Okay, that's your what in the world. That's then. my what in the world. <laughs> but it's so relevant to what Jessica just said. Like everyone had these beautiful you know creations creations but they weren't built on a solid uh, foundation yes you hit bedrock love it (laughs) so you go through you know many years where you're juggling a job a career and also bringing this like business to life what were some of those things like in the early stages that maybe set you back and made you question did you ever question what you were doing those late nights, I definitely did question that a lot. <laughs> Anytime I had any bad batches come out or anything like that, that was, um, you know, that of course that will set you back behind. But yeah, so it's just a lot of that where I'm sacrificing a lot of my time, like sacrificing time with family in order to, you know, finish an order or stay later for a pickup or something like that. Like a lot of those, sometimes I would question it because I would see like, wow, so so, uh, you know, somebody, one of my family's mem- members have a nine to five job and they're done. They have their weekend and I don't have my weekend. And so that was kind of hard, but I had to constantly remind myself, like, this is what I wanted to do. And the purpose of me running this business is to be able to serve my community and also have financial freedom on the end, on my end as well. And so, yeah. Right. So you, you did this for maybe seven years. You were working your nine to five, juggling the business, building it, trying to just like mm-hmm. keep yourself going, right? And then when you finally were able to quit your job, well, when you came to me, you had done a pretty good job of establishing your business. It was an online business. I think you were working from a commercial kitchen, working from home. You had like, you know, a couple little people helping, mostly family, and then you took Passion to Profit, our eight-week business course. And I think at the time when you found us, like how much revenue would you say you were generating? I was generating, I want to say about um, $60,000 um, in revenue. So a year. Just, yeah, a year. And, and then, I thought that was like, That's a lot. I mean, that is a really, that's a very good number. I mean, a lot of our students would, are going to listen to this and be like, God, if I could make 60 grand from home, that'd be awesome, Right. And then you took the course and you realized that revenue is great, but profitability is better. So did you have an increase after you took Passion and Profit? Yeah, I grew, I tripled my revenue actually in like less than a year even. So I grew from 60,000 to 180,000. So yeah, it freaking amazing. Which I was like, this is, I can do this. And if, if I can make it to 180, then I can definitely do more. That's crazy. Yeah. So you're making $180,000 a year from home in an online baking business that the one thing you do a really great job of is you're great at having an online presence, right? So you put yourself out there. You've got a good Instagram following. Let's talk about that for a second because people are going to go follow your Instagram, Official Fancy Flavors, and they're going to look and say, it must be nice. She's got you know 17,000 followers or however many you have. What were some of the struggles and challenges that you found trying to grow that audience? Um, so in the beginning, I felt like I was doing that like follow for follow kind of that whole thing. And 
after taking Passion of Profit, I just kind of realized like all of these followers that are following me are not really like ever going to buy anything. (laughs) They're never going to buy anything. There are people from like China or like random people that I don't really know or they're bots or something like that. And, and I was like, it looks really nice that I have this huge number. However, like how can I take that number and turn it into revenue? Because if they're not even local to me or if they're not even in the United States, I can't ship my macarons to them. So I had to like, think back and and just be really intentional about like the kind of content I'm putting out and the type of people that I want to follow me. Right. And your Instagram, I'd say it's very intentional. What's kind of the aesthetic or the vibe that you're trying to put out that you want your company to be known for? So I'm still trying to work on my Instagram and and, uh, fine tune it a little bit more. But um, a lot of it right now is just trying to be fancy and cute with bright colors and just, um, you know, just a a really warm and inviting place to that when you're looking at it. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. So fast forward, you triple your revenue, you got $180,000. I remember when you were like, guys, I found the perfect location. I'm signing this lease. (laughs) And we actually did a video with you. It's one of our trainings, home front to storefront. So talk to us about like you negotiated your lease. How did you know that that was the right spot? Did you have a couple of spots before that? Like how did that whole thing work out? Yeah, so for basically an entire year, I was looking for um, a location and I would get really close and then it just wouldn't work out. And there was actually one location before the one that I'm in right now that I was almost ready to sign the lease. Um, But the landlord was being kind of iffy about it. And I told my broker who was helping me at the time, I was like, you know what? Let's just cut our ties because clearly like the landlord doesn't really want to work with us. So I'm kind of taking it as a sign. And he's like, no worries. That's not a problem. And we'll keep looking for you. And I was like, okay. And then like, maybe like a couple minutes or whatever later, he calls me and he's just like, okay, I found a location. They just got on the market. They haven't even listed it yet. Do you want to take a look at it? And I was like, okay. And actually beginning of the year, I wrote down like, these are the things I want. I want it to be in this part of San Jose. I want it to be this big. I want to be next to Chipotle and all these, like, I wrote down all of it. It's on, it's on one of my Instagram story highlights. And I was just like, these are, this is everything that I want. You know, I wanted you to be envisioning it, manifesting it. Yeah. yeah manifesting and, I, it. and then when I saw the location, I was like, not next to Chipotle. <laughs> so I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. And it's like right next to Buffalo Wild Wings, one of my favorite restaurants. Like, so I was like, this is perfect. There's great foot traffic. There's, it's a, a really wealthy area. Um, a lot of people are there. So I was like, this is per- I really liked it. So I went and looked and I was like, yeah, this is great. Like, let's send a, you know, let's talk to the landlord. And then the landlord was like, you know what, let's come back. And I want to actually, she, she literally said, I want to meet my tenants. And she, she had nobody else take a look at it yet. And when I met her, I was just like, I like this woman. Like she's a boss lady. Like she knows, you know, and she was so sweet and, and, and just very like kind and caring. And she was like, yeah, like, you know, this is your first venture and I want to be part of this with you. And so I just straight off the bat, had really great vibes and it literally just worked out perfectly. Like I couldn't have asked for a better location, a better landlord. Um, and yeah, all of that overall. So love it. So for those listening that are saying like, Oh, must be nice. Everything's perfect. Time out. It well, wasn't but, perfect but though. Yeah. But before, can we just pause for just a second? Cause I want people to really just really, really understand what Jessica just said. 
So first of all, you had you wrote down exactly what you wanted. Manifestation, right? baby. And it's so important whether you're starting a business or in a career, doesn't matter. Entering like a outlining those things out. And I think what I heard you say, Jessica, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you set an expectation and a standard of what you were looking for, not just what you want, not, oh, I want to have a storefront, but I, these are the elements that I want. And a lot of times when people are in this place where they don't understand what they want or they're having a tough time creating a vision, they don't have what I call the modalities. And what those things are is what you see, what you feel, what you hear, and all those things create a vision that's very vivid. And also makes it so that it's very evident when you see it. Right. Right. So she and, said specifically, I want a Chipotle in my parking lot. Right. Guess what, you guys? Chipotle is her freaking smell, neighbor. I'm pretty sure it smells like Chipotle near there, too. <laughs> it smells like Chipotle all the time. It's still, it's amazing. <laughs> right. And that's so important. Like you, you see that and you go, OK, I know I'm close to what I really, really want. But I, I really want to before we go to the next part of where we talk about the challenges, I want everyone to know, like, when did you put this goal out there that you wanted to have a storefront? Like how long ago was that? Um, I so let's see. I think it was t- 2019, the beginning of 2019. That's when I decided to start looking for a location, and it took me until um, about August or September that I signed the lease. So it took a long time for me to find the perfect location because I almost uh, settled for maybe somewhere that was cheaper or smaller or in a more dangerous area just because it is cheaper or you know something like that and. Luckily, with my husband, Mikey, he constantly reminded me like, no, this is what you want. You need to make sure you set your intentions and you just keep being more and more and more specific on like on what you're looking for, you know. And if it wasn't for him, I probably would have signed a lease set for some rinky dink place and been really afraid of my life every single day or something. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> how, how did you guard from getting like desperate? Like, because this is about delayed gratification. Right. So sometimes you go. I'll just take it because I just I'm so desperate to make this come to to life. Like, how did you guard from getting that way? Mikey had to constantly remind me of like what my values are. And one of my biggest values is safety, because I want to be sure that not only am I safe, but my customers and my workers are also safe as well. And a lot of the areas that I was looking at was in a very unsafe neighborhood. And also like, you know, it's just, are they, will they be able to afford what fancy flavors is offering? You know, I don't want to rob the community or anything like that. I was, I want to be there to serve the community properly and, uh, and yeah, and still be able to grow and thrive, but just going back to the values and, and what my mission was. I love that. That's so good. And like to give you guys, you know, a deeper dive into the delayed gratification that I have seen Jess exercise, she's you know, hitting the ground running for seven years, you know, hustling, grinding, working from home. And before she even signed the lease for her location, she was participating at all of these night markets. And the night markets, you know, would require you to make 10,000 macarons or more, you know, to go and have a booth set up to represent your business in the way that you wanted to represent it. Talk a little bit about how challenging that was because that was delayed gratification at its finest. Like you could have easily said, I need a kitchen now. Like I need to just get into a space. I'm over here cramming to make 10,000 macarons from my home oven. Mm-hmm. Like I, I kind of went through some of those struggles with you. So talk a little bit about some of the challenges you had to stay at home and make it work. 
Yeah, well, actually, luckily, I was able to work at a commercial kitchen at that time frame. So I was able to work there and be able to produce what I needed to produce. So luckily, I had that. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, I would be up in my eyeballs. Wall to yeah. ceiling. But you did do a lot of prepping and stuff at home and then you'd be loading things into your van and then kind of going back and forth, right? And I remember you had some major challenges with the person you were renting the commercial kitchen from, remember? Oh my gosh, yes. That was like one of the, I forgot about that. Yeah, so. See, I know um, all your problems, girl. Totally forgot because I was like, oh my God, I I was so mad. So the person I was renting my kitchen from is a family friend and he is very much like, whatever you want, let me know, like very giving and everything. And there was just some scheduling conflict with him. And for whatever reason, his workers were being really resentful that we were in the space making all these macarons for this event that was literally coming up in a couple of days. And they would never tell me, but they would tell him. So then he would report to me saying, Hey, when are you leaving? Because we have an event that are like all these things. And I was like, I, like, I wish you would have told me this sooner. So I could have planned out better and all this stuff. And I was like, no worries. Like what time you need us out? He's like five o'clock. So we'd like get out by five, but then he'd be like, can you leave sooner? And you know, that's a lot of back and forth, like just a lot of miscommunication. And I was really upset by that because I was like, we are, we have to make thousands of macarons for this event. And it's almost like I have no place to bake it out of, except from home, because like, like what, what else am I going to do? You know? So, um, I had paid a lot of money to be in that night market. So the goal was to show up to the night market with tons of product Mm -hmm. to be able to redeem, at least make the money that you invested. Right. And so talk a little bit about that, because I remember this particular one, you were going crazy and like, just so upset that all these challenges were arising. You weren't getting enough sleep. You, you know, people were canceling on you. You had to have all these issues with the commercial kitchen. So I remember you go to the event. It's like a three day, three day weekend event. And your husband had talked to you about your Oprah goal, right? So what was the goal that you wanted? And then what was the Oprah goal that you and your husband discussed? I think like, I, I believe it was like, my goal was probably like 5,000. He's like, what's your Oprah goal? And I was like, I don't know, like 8,000. He's like, I think you can do more. And I was like, I don't really know. Like, I guess we'll see. We'll see. You know, I don't really know like, like how much I'm going to make. And I think this was one of the first couple ones that I've, I've done. So I just used that. I just based it off of my past experience of like, you know, past goals. And then should I, should I say like what my overall like revenue was that we Yeah, did? so you set this goal. You were like, you know, I'd be happy with 5,000. He tells you to stretch a little bit. You say 8,000, but I don't really know. You're kind of hemming and hawing, right? What did you wind up generating in revenue that weekend? Uh, I ended up generating $15,000. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> 15,000. Like, how is that possible? I don't know. But like, my team really pulled it through. I, I, yeah, it was crazy because I think that was one of the most stressful weeks I've ever had. And I, I don't know, it's just nice to, that all of it came like full circle and really just, I got a return back. Yeah, I'd say a return, yeah. 15 grand are on you, a couple are, thousand. I think, I think you're learning, Jessica, like 
it's always really, really hard right before you have really great success. Right. So I think yeah. that's super important to us. And that's out. the thing I admire about you is like you'll sit there and you'll bitch and moan about it and you'll come to, you know, your support system and just be venting really quick, which we all need to do. And we'll pump you up, tell you you got this, and you'll go back harder than ever and you blow Crush your it. own expectations out of the water. So I want to personally just tell you like, you're so great at that. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. So we get through the night market. We see what's possible. Your mind is blown. And now you're like, okay, I'm signing a lease. Like, damn this. I'm doing it. So you start this nine month. It, it took you over a year to find this location. Things didn't work out. They did. You meet this landlord. You fall in love with her. Everything's great. You sign this lease. To my understanding, she gives you like a year. You negotiated a year free uh, rent, right? We actually negotiated about four months of free rent. Okay. So you negotiate four months of free rent and then she says, great, you know, sign the lease. Here's what it is. You can start building. Did you build it out from nothing? Tell us a little bit about your build out. So the location started off as a um, like a cupcake bakery. So fortunately, a lot of the kitchen back end was already done. Um, we just had to do renovations on the front end and redo all of that stuff. So that probably took the longest because I had to go through. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I went through uh, an architect who um, like four weeks in while I, I was on vacation in New York, he calls me. He's like, I'm getting a divorce, blah, blah, blah. And I can't be your architect. And I was like, <laughs> I'm on vacation right now. What is happening? So I hit up Mikey. I'm like, find me a new architect now. He finds me a new guy. Luckily, it ended up working out and he didn't leave me. Um, so that kind of delayed us by at least a month. And I was right. like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. So he ate up, you know, this is the thing, like this is more delayed gratification. Yeah. Like you put your, your hopes and dreams and one month of free rent and you wasted on this guy who now has something happen in his life. He's got a like abort mission. I remember you being super pissed about that. So you find another architect mm -hmm. and what, what happened after that? It moves fast, slow. What happened well, to the building? Can I ask this too? Like you, you're still doing the night market at that time, right? I know around this time that this was when the night market was starting to end. So it was okay. getting close to that ending time point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, with my architect, it was slow and fast, like because he had to bring in a couple engineers and in San Jose, the whole process of getting a permit is very, very, very intense. So it, that part, I, I would say probably took the longest, like it probably took them another month to just draw up all of the plans. And then like another month of like just permits. And I was like, I don't know if I can be able to finish, you know, my build out in four months. Like I wanted to have it done sooner. And then I found a, you know, my contractor and he was kind of, so I found a contractor before the one I have currently. And I was like, I'm ready to just sign this guy. Like, I'm just, I'm ready to sign the lease. But he was asking for like $300,000 for building out this bakery. And I was like, I don't have 3000. And I almost was about to like make it work. I talked to my parents about it. I was like, how can we make this work? And my parents were even saying like, if you really want this guy, we will mortgage our house. But that means, mm. you know, if you fail, like, you know, we are going to be homeless. And I was so like, I can't. I can't do that to them. I was like, I cannot ask them for that much money, you know. Luckily, my dad was able to find me somebody who was a third of the cost cheaper. So and did it faster and more efficiently. So that was really great. 
And then COVID hit. And so everything completely stopped. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's the time frame that we're looking at now. And that's when my landlord ended up giving me a whole year of free rent because she said like, you know, this is your first venture. You're not like, you're not a Chipotle. You're not a five guys. Like you, you can't afford to pay rent when you don't have revenue coming in like that. So she like completely waived my rent, not even asking me to pay it back or anything like super amazing. I could literally could not have yeah. asked rent. I would have been just like, what am I going to do? I have, I don't have this kind of cash lying around, you know, so. Well, that's amazing. And that's a huge blessing because yeah. I didn't get blessed with free rent during uh, COVID at the Cake Mamas. Well, you, you didn't manifest it. Well, I mean, maybe not. I did actually. And I was pitching a fit about it, but it didn't work out for me. I'm glad that it worked out for you. So your build out though wound up taking an entire year, right? Yes, it did. So the build out takes an entire year, even though you only got four months free rent, things wound up working out, COVID comes, destroys everything, but also kind of helps you finish the build out. So, I mean, I think in hindsight, it was very helpful to getting you off the ground, right? So then you're getting ready to grand open and that just happened this week and then you lose your grandmother. How did you feel? What was going through your mind then? So I lost my grandmother the week of Valentine's week, which was already a difficult week for every single baker out there. So in the I world. Was, at first I was like, you know what? I, I, I knew it was going to happen. I fortunately was able to visit her one last time before she passed. And even my dad was speaking to her while she's laying in bed and just saying like, you know what? Just hold on a little bit longer. Your, you know, your other son is going to be coming from, from Georgia to see you just hold on. And then she just peacefully passed away in her sleep after everybody got a chance to see her one last time. So I kind of had a feeling it was happening. And I, at first I, I was like, Oh, I'm at peace with this, you know? And then I don't know, after Valentine's day, it just hit me like a rock, <laughs> you know? And I, then I was able to like start grieving and everything like that. So it's just really difficult because it comes in waves where sometimes I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm okay. And then when I think about it, I'm like, I, I, really wish she could be here with me right now, you know, so yeah. I'm getting emotional again. <laughs> I know. But, you know, we had talked that week and I was like, this is what happens, you know, like I think the universe or something tests you to make sure that this is really what you want to happen. And I know that your grandmother would be really proud and want to be a part of this. So I was really proud that you were able to push through and bring this, you know, dream to life because she had been there to support you through all of this, right? Definitely. She's always like loved hearing all my stories and, and she's never doubted me in like at all. So it, yeah. it was just hard for me to lose her. Yeah, I know. Well, well I, I would say I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say that I think that she was definitely there. She was definitely able to experience it. She was yeah. helping me make macarons in Absol spirit. Absolutely. And so yes, um, definitely. I, I definitely think that you got your wish, but just a different version. Yep. So Jessica is in our monthly mastermind of a bunch of brick and mortar business owners from around the nation. And this past week, we got to hop on planes and fly out to support you and be there to help you bring your dreams to life and participate in this grand opening. So, so you know, we get there and the girls had made it the day before I did. And they were so tired when I saw them. They left their businesses to fly across the nation and help, you know, Jessica's business. 
So they're there and they're like, we packaged 10,000 macarons <laughs> in the last like 12 hours. Like I was like 10,000. So Jess and I got to sit down and kind of say, okay, well, what are you selling exactly? You know, how, what's the price point of this stuff? How much money do we want to make? And we set a goal. So you had a goal and then you had an Oprah goal. So talk to us about the goals and the intentions that you set for your grand opening. So basically my Oprah goal was $20,000 just because I was like, if I could do $15,000 out of my market, I should be able to do $20,000 for my grand opening. And remember what I told you, you're just like, okay, I was very delicious. <laughs> but you need to make sure you come prepared if you want to do 20,000, you know? Yeah. So that was really helpful because when we had that meeting, I was able to jot down everything I wanted to do and, and, you know, go over the price points like you said, and, and really figure out like, how many do I need to make in order to make this $20,000 goal happen? Yeah. Because I mean, it sounds great. You know, you right. can pick a freaking number out of the air. 20 grand is my Oprah goal. That's awesome. But if you don't have $20,000 worth of product, right. it's like, there's a zero probability that you're actually you going to be able to yourself, make it, yeah. you know? And that's, like, but that's a real thing. Like we interact with so many business owners that have goals, but they don't actually have like the inventory, the the means from a standpoint of time, uh, assistance, help, all those things right. to actually make that goal. And so they really are sabotaging themselves, even though they have these aspirations, but they're they're cutting themselves off at the knees right. because they just don't have the actual operations to get there. Yeah. So I get there and we're like, folk, our only focus is to make $20,000 worth of product to potentially sell, right? And I got to tell you, like my mom, she came with me, my stepmom, Robin, and she was like, is she really going to sell 10,000 macarons? Like she just, she's not in our world. She doesn't know. And I was like, well, we're selling them by the dozen. So, and then the dozen was what, $32, right? And so she's like, God, that's expensive. I'm like, well, you're not a macaron connoisseur. Like they're expensive to make. They're very time consuming, Right. So that that goes to show you not everyone is going to be your ideal client, yeah, you right? You got to eat so many get to get satisfied. Right. I so need you like, need a dozen. I need like 10 just to <laughs> So we made brownies, creme brulee, all of these things we were very strategic because if we knew that she was trying to get to 20,000, we needed high priced you know, high ticket items. We were not selling anything for, oh, one macaron is even $3. We didn't do that at all. It was like buy in bulk. Here's what we have, um, high price points. And so Friday night, you had a friends and family. It was just a little gathering. A couple of friends and family members came. And did you do better than you thought? Or how, how did that night go? I wasn't expecting a huge turnout because it was basically just family. I, I, I gave the reins to my parents and I was like, invite whoever you want. So I didn't know what to expect. And it almost sounded like they wanted to just come and hang out and like eat dinner or something <laughs> versus like actually purchasing. So I didn't really go into it with high expectations. So I think we made like $800 at midnight and I was like, Hey, I was you know, that's 800 less that we have to worry about for the next two days. But then right. I was also kind of a little worried, like, what if uh, we don't meet, meet our goals? But Well, we still had a goal of 19200 based on the little $800 dent that they gave us, right? Yeah. yeah. So we worked hard that night. We made the $20,000 worth of inventory. And now it was just a matter of who will come, right? So my mom said, well, where did she market? Like, how did she? I was like, I don't know. Like, I, we talked about getting out into the community. We talked about all these things, but she also just lost her grandmother. So 
Either way, she's going to have a successful grand opening and be able to unveil what she's been working on for nine years to the community. It's not so much about the 20 grand. And she's like, you know, my mom is just an outsider. She's like, what is she going to do with all this inventory? So then grand opening day happens. All your friends and everyone comes out to support you. I got to work the line for a little while. Your Mm -hmm. husband did a great job. And people were coming out that had been following you and purchasing from you for years when you were making things from home, from your commercial kitchen. So that was super exciting to see them support you. Did you connect with any customers that shared any stories of being longtime customers for a while? I heard a lot, like a, like almost every single person, they were just like, we remember when you were at home and I was like, oh my gosh, like that was so long ago. And it's crazy that like I started there and these people continue to follow me and be part of my journey and my life. And it's, it's really cool to be able to have that kind of support system, you know, and yeah. And it's really, it's really cool because they got to see me grow up and I get to see them and their families grow up as well. So yeah, it's amazing. So we, you know, a couple things we look at average transaction and then throughout the day, we're kind of looking at and monitoring the numbers to see how close we're getting to the goal. Cause why winners keep score, right? right? So we're making coffee. I'd say the average cup of coffee, what would you say? Five bucks or so? five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the average like pack of macarons started at what, 20 bucks or so? The dozen packs started off at uh, 32. So yeah. yeah. So they were high ticket items, right? right? So I kept asking the girls that were working the front, what do you think the average transaction is? They're like, people are dropping like 150 bucks without even blinking. So that was really encouraging, right? Yeah. Um, we had put this little cake macaron thing that I made that was like, I was like, it's fancy flavors. You need something fancy. We oh. sold those for $16 for one little macaron cake, yeah. right? And so long story short, we finished the day on Saturday with great sales. And yeah. then last night I get on a plane, I come home and you call me and you had closed out, you know, the last day of the three-day grand opening event and tell everybody where you finished. So I finished at $21,000 and change. <laughs> yes. That's so awesome. $21,000. Like, That's so good. think about that. I mean, you were open for what, two, three hours on Friday, maybe six, seven hours on Saturday, a couple of hours on Sunday. And in that time, all of the nine years of preparation, all of the coursework that you did, all of the obstacles you overcame, all of that stuff was finally like validation mm-hmm. that it's celebration time. You're in the right place. You're at here at the right time. And the universe aligned for that. you. How are you feeling now? I am elated and also scared at the same time because the grand opening is like the fun part, you know, and now it's like, okay, I I now have to uh, step it up. Now they saw that the cakes are there and the cactuses are, they're going to want that. So, okay, I got to make sure that we, that's something that we're going to have to offer regularly in store because people are really going to want that. But I, I love that you, you were able to take time out of your schedule to come because this really opened my eyes to like so many different possibilities and just being able to 
help me like be creative again on like what am I going to offer and how am I going to elevate my desserts and and how it looks like because I mean I'm pretty sure like maybe even with you running the cake mamas you're probably like I'm done like I don't I don't have any more creative brain you know power oh god that's my favorite part like I if all I had to do was just come up with product development ideas oh I'd be so amazing at that I wanted to retire so that I could take all of those ideas and come to you, support my friends like you and my students like you. So I'm here for that. That's like why I retired. She wanted the auntie position. You come yeah, and I want to be the auntie that gets to come. Like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. So cool. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, okay, I'm I'm tired now. Um, if someone can help me, that would be just really great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, the thing is, is I'm super proud of you. You hit this amazing goal. It wasn't easy and you're tired as shit right now. Yeah. But now is really where the hard work starts. You know, yeah. now's where you're going to have to figure out, like, it's not going to be grand opening sales every day. You know, you might open tomorrow and it's like, oh my God, we only did $400, right? So then you'll realize like as a business owner, I got to focus more on marketing than I am focusing on making macaron cakes, right? Yeah. And so it's going to be a challenge. And I just want you to know that we're here to support you. I'm super happy to be a part of your journey. And yeah, buckle up because it's about to get real fun, challenging, but you're always up for a challenge and you always get rewarded because you do whatever is necessary. So what do you think? What will be, like you have executed on two different occasions and hit monster goals. Mm-hmm. For you, what's the difference maker? What's that thing that you know? has makes to you happen special. in order for you to execute and hit those those goals. Like when you think about you achieving $15,000 at the night market and then doing 21,000 in your in your um your grand opening. Like what is that thing that you think that you have to do in order to execute? Definitely setting goals, manifesting it and just having a a support system because honestly without any of you women being there for me this weekend like I would have really struggled, you know, and I I probably would have doubted myself a lot, but like everybody was able to come out, take time out of their schedule and just like really show up for me. And I just really appreciate that. And I love being able to like learn from everybody because everybody has a different way of like selling or producing macarons or doing this and that, or talking to the line. Everybody has their own strengths. And it's so cool to see us all like come together for my grand opening. And I, I just learned so much from it, you know, so I have so many little little nuggets that I can take with me moving forward, but definitely all of, all of those things. <laughs> yeah. Can I, can I just say this? Cause I think it's important for people that listen to the push podcast, whether they are entrepreneurs or working in a career, there's no reward for doing it alone. Oh God, no. Like, there's no I think, badge of honor. I think people like to say, oh, I did it all myself. Like, I'm a one woman yeah. show. No, because people just look at, did you hit your goals? Did you did you attain, obtain the, the achievement? And if you did, great. And then it's up to you to really give the respect and the homage to the people that were a part of it. But a lot of times that's the difference maker, I think, is, is that are you utilizing your network? Are you using like, utilizing resources? Are you making networking a big part of what you do in order to get there. Uh, and I think that that is something that I think hope people take from this saying, yes, you had some really great achievements. Yes, your name's in the building, but it really takes a community to make all those things happen. Yeah. And I did ask you, Jess, what makes you special? Because I don't want people to hear, oh yeah, that must be nice. Her parents had money. They were offering to wager their house. You know, I don't have any of those luxuries. 
And I do think you have a special sauce, but what do you think is in you that doesn't allow you to give up and it pushes you to do the hard things when they get really, really challenging? Because I think that would help others listening. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just a little bit of crazy. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you have to be a little crazy. I just really love being able to do this. And I think overall, when I look back at it, like what are, what's my mission? What's my values? Just being able to be part of so many people's lives and celebrations and without having to physically be there, but still be a part of it is incredibly touching for me. And it's really cool, you know, and, and I'm excited to have like new staff member come in where I can teach them not only how to bake and how to do everything, but also maybe give them like some life lessons so they can elevate themselves and and take what they learn here and, and bring it to their next career path, you know? So it's the little, little things like that, where I think that is what is really continually driving me and, you know, everything moving forward. And this build out was very long, very excruciating and very expensive, but I definitely can proudly say that Every penny that I've put into this business is my own. I've never taken out a loan. I haven't asked anybody for money. So, you know, so this is my baby. And and of course, now I have to make sure that it brings me back revenue as well and, and right. return. Good job, Jess. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. You guys can go follow Jess Bond at Official Fancy Flavors. Uh, she's located in San Jose on the... Co- What's your address? Give them the information. <laughs> 1645 Saratoga Avenue, suite number 20 in San Jose, California, 95129. I'm right next to Chipotle, right next to Sprouts <laughs> and Five Guys, all of those good things. So you guys will be able to find me. Love if anything, okay. I'm, Chipotle, I'm right there. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Okay. Last thing. I have a what in the world. It's okay. going to blow everybody's mind. All right. So we're there at grand opening day and I'm in the back, you know, making macaron cactuses or whatever the heck I was making. Everyone's working super fast. And someone comes to the back and says, the bank in the parking lot just got robbed right now. And I was like, yes, that's awesome. That means they're sending the news vans and we can go out there and be like, hey, it's our grand opening day. We're so sorry that this happened, but don't forget you can still come down, right? So we used it to our advantage (laughs) and then they wound up kind of, you know, chopping down my plans a little bit because they closed down all of the streets. Yeah. It is an explosion. Yeah. Well, so there was an explosion in the bank and it was a robbery. I'm not saying that that was great, but I was just saying like, well, this is good because, which is my personality, right? So we were like out there talking to the police, trying to get information, waiting for the news vans to come. And we just kept doing stories all day long, like telling people like, avoid this street, go here. And so the fact that there was a bank robbery and all of the streets were shut down on your grand opening is just more validation that shit is always going to go wrong. (laughs) But there's always a way to persevere. Absolutely. So So, Wasn't uh, that great? Friendly tip for everyone, um, don't find a location next to a bank. I just want to know that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jess. Everybody go follow Official Fancy Flavors on Instagram. She's also been showing up on TikTok, put some really funny things on there. So thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your journey. And we're super proud of you, Jess. 
Thank you so much. And I, I appreciate you guys being able to invite me here and also for you to take your time out of your schedule to come and visit. And I really appreciate everything that you guys do for me. So thank you. Well, we love you. We'll talk to you guys later. Push through and just continue to be great. See you later. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.